Welcome to episode three in our Public Floor podcast series. In this episode, we chat about all things incontinence and prolapse. Enjoy. Hey mama, I'm sending you wonderful pregnancy vibes. It's time for you to guide you through. Let's take some time for you. It's pregnancy with physio. Hello and welcome to the third episode in this Pelvic Floor podcast series. Now the first two episodes should have really prepared you for today because you should be a pelvic floor superstar by now, doing your exercises regularly three times a day, a combination of long holds and quick flicks, and just being an all-round legend, (laughs) which is great because today we are chatting about all things incontinence and prolapse, for which pelvic floor training can be a very important treatment tool. We know that one in every two women who have ever had a baby will experience prolapse and one in three will experience incontinence. So wherever you are right now listening to this episode, look around you. Chances are some of the women you see have these troubles and it is time to talk about it more, share our wisdom and experiences so that women don't feel so alone. In today's episode, we will be sharing some personal stories from Pregnancy Posse members Kate and Bryony about their experience with pelvic floor dysfunction. And I really think you'll enjoy this aspect of today's podcast because it is so relatable and helpful to know that other women are experiencing these same symptoms. Remember that this is episode three in a five-part series on the pelvic floor. So stay tuned for upcoming episodes where we'll be discussing how to recognize if you have an overactive pelvic floor and ways you can help relax this muscle as well as understanding the impact that pregnancy and birth can have on the pelvic floor. And for those of you who have enjoyed this pelvic floor series so far and want to listen to all the remaining episodes straight away, this entire series is now available inside my online pregnancy program, The Pregnancy Posse. You can watch this entire series plus access pregnancy safe workouts by visiting thepregnancyposse.com where you can trial it for seven days. Now for today's What's Inside Laura's Head series, I've been thinking a lot lately about how innately wise and clever the human body is. It literally works all day long to keep us healthy and thriving, and I feel it deserves more credit than it is usually given. I've been talking recently to my two and a half year old son about the body and how amazing his body is and how it just knows how to heal itself. And I got the most wonderful feedback from him the other week. He had grazed his ankle on his skateboard and we put a bandaid on his cut. And a few days later in the shower, he cried out to me, mom, look at my ankle. It's healed itself. And I just had the proudest mum moment. It was just so incredible to see him stare at his ankle in wonder at its self-healing ability. I think this level of appreciation for our body is such a great way to ensure that we treat and respect it well with good nutrition and movement. And I'm also always looking at ways that my body tries to communicate with me like, wow, awesome. I've got a face full of cold sores. My body is most definitely trying to tell me something here. I think the human body is just the best and I love that I can show my son this too. So cheers to our incredible bodies and enjoy today's episode about incontinence and prolapse. Hello ladies and welcome back to the third episode in our pelvic floor podcast series. By now you have learned about where your pelvic floor is, why these muscles are so important, how we can exercise them correctly and how often we should be doing them. So now that you're a fully fledged pelvic floor superstar, let's talk about some of the things that can go astray when it comes to pelvic health. The two most common issues I treat in the clinic and see within my online pregnancy posse community are incontinence and prolapse. 
One in three women who have ever had a baby will experience incontinence and one in two will experience prolapse. So if you haven't heard of these issues before, chances are that you will soon. And if you are someone who is currently suffering from this, I want you to know that you are not alone. There are so many successful and effective treatments out there, but also that it's not normal. Too often these things are assumed to be part and parcel of pregnancy and childbirth or even more broadly just being a female. That is wrong. We are designed to be continent. We are designed to have our organs supported in the pelvis. However, there are a number of risk factors common to many females which can increase our chances of having these issues namely pregnancy and childbirth, but also things like constipation and inappropriate exercise programs. I do not want you to listen to this podcast and be scared to freak out and get on the phone to your gynae today because you think that there is something drastically wrong with you. I also don't want you to think that this is a reason to be fearful of pregnancy or childbirth, that it is inevitable that something will go wrong and you'll start leaking. None of that. (laughs) This podcast is to help you understand these issues so that you are better informed and well equipped with the tools and knowledge necessary to prevent these problems from happening in the first place, but also to try and manage them as best you can if they do happen to pop up for you. Now, it is a balance, but I want you to see how both incontinence and prolapse are very common and therefore you shouldn't feel broken or damaged or alone, but they are also not normal and therefore you should not just accept that there is nothing you can do about it and should just put up with these symptoms. So I hope that makes sense. I wanted to clarify that. Now, incontinence is the involuntary loss of urine or feces. And for this podcast, we will be referring only to urine loss. I feel like we'll do fecal incontinence in another topic on another day. Now, there are two different types of urinary incontinence, stress incontinence and urge incontinence. Stress incontinence is when you lose urine after increased intra-abdominal pressure, for example, coughing, sneezing, running, or jumping. Whereas urge incontinence is when you lose urine associated with a strong and sudden urge to empty your bladder. For example, when you're busting to go to the toilet and you have an accident before you get there. There are two different treatments for these two types of incontinence. Most clients who come to see me think that they are leaking because they have a weak pelvic floor. Now, whilst this is the case for the majority of women that I see, there are also many other factors to consider and to potentially treat as well. Some women have stress incontinence because they have lost support in their urethra and their bladder neck. Others have stress incontinence because they have lost coordination between their abdominal and pelvic floor muscles. Some women are doing inappropriate exercise, which is placing excessive force on their bladder and pelvic floor. And these are just a few factors that we as physiotherapists will assess for you. Those women who have urge incontinence may also have a weak pelvic floor, but they may also have an overactive pelvic floor, which I'm going to touch on further in episode five. These women may also have an overactive bladder. They may be drinking too much or too little fluid. They may have behavioral issues with their bladders because yes, bladders can be like misbehaved pets. We do need to retrain them and be disciplined at times, or they may have habit associations that we need to try and break. Now, the point of me telling you all of this is because most people think they need to strengthen their pelvic floor if they have incontinence. And this is the case for the majority of women, but there are also a lot of women who need more than that. That's why I would always suggest seeing a women's health physio, particularly if you've tried doing pelvic floor exercises and don't feel like you are improving or in fact feel like you are going backwards. Then there are other factors that need to be assessed and treated. 
Other options for treatment can include things such as bladder retraining, modifying your fluid intake, or using a continence support device. And this is something that you place in the vagina, often for sport, which helps to stop or lessen the leakage. And if you do think that this might be an option you want to explore, please do speak to your doctor or your physio about continence support devices. They can be wonderful. We're going to cut to pregnancy posse member Kate's story now where she chats about her experience with pelvic floor dysfunction and she's super open and really honest about her experience and I think you're going to love it. She will talk about the shock horror about having incontinence at 18 weeks of pregnancy and how she did not expect that at all. She's also going to talk about something that's not so often talked about and that's experiencing some fecal incontinence after birth which again caught her by surprise but Kate shares what she did to manage this how she got herself back on track and realistically the time frame that it took for her to start to notice improvements in her symptoms. And trust me, it's a happy story. So listen all the way to the end. I think you'll learn so much about Kate's story. During pregnancy, I was working in childcare with two-year-olds. And so lots of up, down, twisting, bending, like quite a physical job, I would say. And I remember quite distinctly, like this one particular day, I I bent or moved in a particular way and I was like, "Uh uh-oh. Um, something's just happened and it was just like a little like a a urinary leak and I was like what is this like I'm only 18 weeks pregnant and so it was quite shocking I guess like I didn't expect that at 18 weeks pregnant possibly maybe would have expected it further down the track but being so early on I was shocked Mm. and so from there I thought well better go and see a pelvic floor physio And I got some guidance on what to do during pregnancy. And then it kind of all changed a little bit after birth. I had those urinary leaks during pregnancy. And then afterwards, it kind of became more so to do with my back passage. And I I didn't expect that either. Um, I possibly did expect some urinary leaks to continue postnatally, but staining of the underwear I was just like what is this like it's so confusing and then like who do you talk to about it like it's it's embarrassing that was kind of the beginnings of the journey for me to learn more about the pelvic floor how to strengthen it how to recover from birth it kind of sent me on the path of helping myself the first couple of times that it happened I was kind of like oh, I've done something wrong. Like I obviously didn't clean up well enough after Mm. I did have a bowel movement. But then I came to realise it was nothing to do with how efficiently I had wiped after having a bowel movement. It was all to do with the fact that my muscles weren't strong enough to hold everything in place. The physio spoke to me about trying to implement them in little things like when you open the fridge door something that you do quite repetitively trying to just think about it and I always thought about it when I opened the fridge door but I kind of never put that in and actually did them I think the best thing for me was every time I got into the car I would think about it and like then whilst I'm sitting and driving I would just you know do a few contractions I really had to prioritize it when it becomes a priority like you put it at the top of your list and then it becomes something that you do so I think of other jobs around the house, like I've got to put on a load of washing or I've got to hang that washing out. And then that's that thing that you do the next time you have a free moment. Our morning routine is quite structured, I suppose. Like we get up and we open up the blinds and we feed the dog and then we change Chloe's nappy. And then after breakfast and when she's going down for her first nap, 
that's when I do my pelvic floor. So it's kind of my priority first thing in the day when I have that spare moment, that's when I do it. It did resolve. I would say it definitely got better. I felt stronger. I felt more confident. Like there was a period of time when I was just wearing incontinence liners just in case. She really guided me on how to strengthen my pelvic floor and what to do, when to do it. Mm. So up until that point, um, I would get into bed at 10 p.m. or, you know, late in the evening and, um, oh, yeah, I should have done my pelvic floor. And so I do a few contractions, like, before falling asleep, which was really pathetic. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, you don't gain any strength when you're so tired at the end of the day. With the pelvic floor physio's guidance, she put me on the path of doing the exercises first thing in the morning. I kind of built it into my routine. It would either be whilst I was eating breakfast or whilst I was driving to work. Mm -hmm. And so I was switching on these muscles first thing in the morning so then they could support me throughout the rest of the day. With birth, we think of all these um, worst-case scenarios, but we don't really think of that for recovery afterwards. Mm. Um, And something that the Women's Health Physio also pointed out to me is what we do now as recovering mums is going to affect our continence or incontinence when we're 60, 70, 80 years old. Like All I had thought about was I would like to have another child or a couple more children. This is my first. And if I can't heal from this one, like how can I possibly have a second? But, yeah, no, it's so important to think about long-term where you want to be when you're 70 years old. So I'm six months postnatal now and I feel like I'm on the up, like just. Yeah. Um, so I started doing some physio-led rehab exercises Um, just 20-minute classes online, um, which have been fantastic, but I've not yet progressed to the standing classes. Mm. So I'm doing the mat classes, kind of like yoga-type Pilates exercises to re-strengthen core and glute muscles with a a very strong pelvic floor focus. Mm. Um, And I know that if I do too many classes too close together, I still get a lot of fatiguing. Mm. and just that kind of weight sinking feeling within my pelvic floor Mm. Um, but I did a class a couple of days ago and I didn't have any back pain and I didn't have that sinking feeling and I said to my husband I think I'm on the up like I think I'm getting there six months postnatal that's so good Thank you again to Kate for sharing so openly and honestly about her story with pelvic floor dysfunction. This may or may not resonate with you and your experience, but I think it's so important to share these stories so that it's not such a taboo topic and so that we can see that women have problems after birth and that there's something you can do about it so you don't have to feel so alone. So I really hope you enjoyed Kate's story about fecal incontinence, urinary incontinence, and the importance of seeking help and remembering to do your pelvic floor exercises. Now we're going to cut to my chat with Bryony, who is a Pregnancy Posse member, and she shares openly about her experience with incontinence, which was different to most people because it was quite insidious. It wasn't a really obvious leaking that she noticed. And she also talks about the importance of realizing postpartum when things are not normal and whether or not your practitioner says, oh, you'll be right, move on. If you know within yourself that this is not okay, about the importance of exploring that and going and 
seeing a pelvic floor physio and getting back on track. And Bryony really talks us through her journey through postpartum pelvic floor rehab and the amazing results she was able to achieve. And her advice is really solid and sound. So I think you'll enjoy this snippet from Bryony. The incontinence wasn't severe. It was just um, like once I had recovered enough to stop wearing like maternity pads and stuff, I was just wearing a liner because like, I couldn't feel it happening, but I'd go to the toilet and be like, oh, right. Mm. <laughs> so it wasn't like had no control, but it wasn't controlled as it used to be. So I think it was, I mentioned it to my maternal health nurse and she had kind of said, oh, okay, well, just keep an eye on it and, you know. And in the end, I said, mm, no, like I, I want further advice and help mm. on this. She actually said, oh, well, you can see a pelvic floor specialist physio. And I was like, I didn't even know they existed. Mm. Like I knew, I knew physios existed and I knew like, but as a specific person to see after birth for pelvic floor, I just didn't know that, that was a thing and and when I as I said when I saw her she just literally felt like she'd saved me I just thought why is this not part of the protocol up post-birth well there was no protocol for me and that was that was really disappointing what I liked about your posse membership was that they were short they were so doable like they were just, there was no excuse it wasn't like oh I don't have half an hour it was like five or ten minutes or something you know and if you wanted to do a couple more sets you know, then you would record it or whatever, then it was easy to do that or do it again later in the day. So it wasn't like too time consuming for the time it takes. The result is so worth it. That and just, I would say my biggest thing would just be if you've got an issue or something doesn't feel right, then find the help that you need rather than just get sad about it. I mean, that can feel kind of easier to do. And it's taken me until this time to actually get a label for what's happening to my pelvis. So I said to my osteo, what are we calling this? <laughs> and he was like, oh, chronic pelvic instability. And I was like, great, okay, we're going to, you know, I'm going to get rid of that. Like I don't, I don't want to not be able to go for a big long 5K walk because that's what I love doing and I can't mm. do that at the moment, which mentally that's taking a toll not being able to get outdoors and do fun stuff like that. Mm. But, yeah, I would say my biggest biggest bit of advice to anyone would just be don't just ignore it or think it's too hard to address because yeah. it's, it's totally worth doing something about it. I hope you love that snippet from Bryony's story. I think her advice to women about not settling if something doesn't feel right is so, so, so very important. So that is just absolute gold. Do not settle. If something is not normal, make sure you go and seek help. Now, let's move on and talk about prolapse. So prolapse is when your pelvic organs descend down into the pelvis, most often into the vagina. And this often results in the feeling of a lump, a bulge, a drag, or a heaviness in the pelvis and vaginal areas. Other symptoms that women may experience include troubles emptying their bladder or their bowels, incontinence, or difficulty and pain with sex. Prolapse often occurs because the support structures holding your pelvic organs up, which is your uterus, your bladder and your bowel, can become stretched or torn. Now, pelvic floor muscle strengthening can help to improve your symptoms of prolapse amongst a whole host of other treatment options. A good way to understand prolapse is to imagine the vagina walls are like your breasts. Now, hear me out. This is a really good analogy. It will probably only make sense to those of you who have already had children, but 
your breast tissue sits a lot lower after having children than before children. So what do we do? We put on a well-fitting support bra and pretend like our breasts sit in the same anatomical position that they used to. Now, this is a great analogy for the pelvic floor. The vaginal walls will always be softer and stretchier after pregnancy and particularly after a vaginal birth. This will take time to recover. It will take time for natural healing as well as time for our hormones to settle back into place. It will also take strength and rehab of the pelvic floor muscles. Our pelvic floor becomes like this support bra. So whilst our vaginal walls are now softer and stretchier and sitting lower than before, our pelvic floor can help to pull everything back up and into their original anatomical position. So this is how pelvic floor muscle training can help reduce your symptoms of prolapse. Other important things to consider with prolapse are to avoid constipation and straining on the toilet, as this can continue to weaken the support structures that hold your organs up. And I really do think I will dedicate an entire podcast show down the track to constipation and managing this because it is so common during pregnancy and it is such a big risk factor for prolapse. It is also important to be mindful to stop or limit any activity that causes you to have prolapse symptoms. So for example, if you go for a one hour walk and you feel heavy or a lump in your vagina, this is a sign that you are overloaded and you've gone too far. So instead, can you go for a 30 minute walk and feel okay? And if so, start here. It doesn't mean you'll never be able to walk for an hour again. It just means that right now, this is what your body is capable of. And as you gradually work together with your physio to improve your strength and support, you will definitely be able to do more down the track. And this is personally why I love using the stationary exercise bike for so many of my pregnant and postpartum clients with prolapse, because the bike allows you to get your heart rate up, feel the burn in your legs, get the endorphins pumping, sweat a little bit, but all whilst being fairly low impact on the pelvic floor and therefore not making your prolapse any more symptomatic. As opposed to running or HIIT style training, which often can aggravate a woman's prolapse symptoms because of the higher intra-abdominal pressure. So with cycling, you get the same flow of sweat, the muscle burn, the endorphins, but with less impact on the pelvic floor. So I personally think it's a great win-win for my clients. Now, let's do a quick recap. One in every two women who have ever had a baby will experience prolapse and one in every three will experience incontinence. Now, remember, this is not something to be afraid of, but something to be educated on and not put your head in the sand about. So whilst it is common, it is not necessarily normal and therefore you should not just put up with your symptoms because you think it's a normal part of pregnancy or childbirth. There are so many options to improve your symptoms, including, but not limited to, pelvic floor exercises. So we know that pelvic floor muscle strengthening has been shown to improve urine leakage and prolapse symptoms. So I personally think what better way to get started, get motivated to get started on your exercises today. Now, as always, I'd love to finish off with some rapid fire questions I have been asked from my lovely ladies inside the Pregnancy Posse, as well as on Facebook and Instagram. Let's go. Question number one, how will I know if I have a prolapse? So most women with prolapse will feel a lump or a bulge in their vagina or a heaviness or dragging sensation in the pelvis or vagina and other common symptoms are incontinence and difficulties emptying your bladder or your bowel question number two is there any use doing pelvic floor exercises during pregnancy if vaginal birth is just going to stretch everything anyway I really love this question I've had so many women ask me this and even worse they've been told this by family friends or other health professionals ladies remember this Do not wait to start your pelvic floor exercises until after birth because the best time to start is right now. So whether you're four weeks pregnant or 39 weeks, start now. 
The stronger and more coordinated your pelvic floor muscles are before birth, generally the better your birth and recovery stage will be. If you were waiting to have knee surgery, for example, your surgeon would advise you to start strengthening your leg muscles right now because it will dramatically improve your post-surgery outcomes. And the same goes with the pelvic floor. Next question. I'm in my second pregnancy and generally feel a little heavier down there. Is this prolapse? Good question. (laughs) Possibly, it can be common in subsequent pregnancies to feel more pressure and heaviness in the perineum, which is not necessarily prolapse. If it's more of a general pressure as opposed to a specific vaginal pressure or bulge, and it is not associated with other symptoms such as incontinence or troubles emptying your bladder or your bowels, then it may not be prolapse. It may just be from all the extra blood flow in the pelvis, which can make your perineum feel heavy. However, I always think it is best to get checked by a physio just to make sure. Now, last question. Should I stop exercising if I have a prolapse? My answer is absolutely not. (laughs) This is a common myth that I'd absolutely love to bust right now because prolapse should not stop you from exercising. Sure, you may need to modify what you're doing. There are certain activities that will definitely aggravate your symptoms and these are best avoided. However, we want to keep you as fit, strong and conditioned as possible as this will always help your prolapse symptoms. So work together with your physio to find what exercise program suits you well, but definitely do not stop exercising altogether. Well, ladies, so much covered in today's episode. I hope you now have a much better understanding of incontinence and prolapse and are feeling less scared about these issues, but instead more empowered and educated. Now, let's not leave before we do today's pelvic floor exercises together. So let's change it up today and do 15 quick flicks or repeated contractions. So try to follow along at my pace, but if you're finding it too difficult, just go as quick as you can. Remember, technique is more important than speed. Okay, let's go. Relax all your muscles. Now squeeze and lift around the vagina. Let's go on, off, squeeze, lift, squeeze and relax, squeeze, relax, squeeze, relax, relax all your other muscles. That's seven, relax, eight, relax, nine, relax. Keep going, should be a secret. Good, keep breathing through. That's 12, squeeze, relax, 14, relax, last one and relax. Well done, ladies. So I hope you enjoyed that episode and found it helpful. Whether you're experiencing incontinence and prolapse right now, or whether you want to be prepared with all the knowledge to manage this in the future, should it ever pop up for you. If you enjoyed today's episode, please do subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss any upcoming episodes. And if you liked what you heard and you want to get stuck into all the next episodes straight away, this entire Public Floor series is now up inside the Pregnancy Posse program for all members to enjoy. You can trial the Posse for seven days and find out more by visiting thepregnancyposse.com. Or if you just want extra support and guidance around these topics or help finding a physio in your local area, slide into my DM over on Facebook or Instagram at Physio Laura. Now I'll catch you soon for episode four, where we chat about a very common issue that presents in women, which is having an overactive pelvic floor, a pelvic floor, which struggles to let go and is too tense or too tight. I'll catch you soon.